0: Welcome to another episode of MagsMind. I'm your host, Zach Wiseman. We explore current trends in social impact, community, branding, and more. In the meantime, we invite you to sit back, kick up your feet, and come sail away with us. Noticed the title of this episode, A Jew and a Baptist Walk into a Bar in Texas. (laughs) I promise it'll all make sense shortly, but I'm really excited for this episode. I'm joined by one of my oldest and closest friends, Corey Green. Uh, He works, he heads a brand planning group at the Richards Group, a global ad agency. And besides Corey and I being lifelong friends, uh, we come from from a very similar background and growing up together, but very different from a religious standpoint. And just seeing all that's going on these days on the political front, on the religious front, and also the role that brands are playing kind of intertwined with both, I thought it would be such a good time to bring him in. He's a wealth of knowledge, and I really look forward to our conversation today. Hey Corey, thanks so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, you leave me no choice, but here we are. Um, <laughs> for For those of us joining us on another episode of Mag's Mind, I'm joined by my good friend, great friend, one of my best friends, um, Corey Green. And for for those who don't know, Corey and I grew up together in in Dallas, Texas. Um, and what, Corey? Less than a mile from each other, like a couple blocks, yeah. whatever very, it was we drove
1: walkable. Well, we <laughs> drove walkable, but we drove. We yes,
0: right. It's Texas. <laughs> nobody nobody walks anywhere. So I rode my bike occasionally. Yeah, Corey and I went to elementary school together. We went to middle school together. We went to high mm-hmm. school together. We mm-hmm. went to college together. No, we did not go to college together. Uh, we stopped there. But um, have yeah been been really close friends, and I think. What I'm really excited to kind of dive into, to with you, Corey, is obviously 2020 has been quite a year on multiple fronts. I think we're all just kind of coming on the other side of of an election. What I think was an election, some <laughs> sort of like <laughs> some sort of yeah. process thing. Something happened.
1: Um, yeah, it's not ending. Whatever it is, it's there's no end date apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, And whoever sets up the, this is like a public service announcement. Whoever sets up the live stream pay-per-view for his physical removal from office and (laughs) donates the proceeds to charity. Like I'm in, like, I think I would pay, I don't know, $500 to watch him remove from office. And then I would, if they offered like a brute force package, like I would add, add it, you know, it's like, Oh, use like a little
1: excessive force when you kind of, can you kick him?
0: maybe like once <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and and now this petulant child is removed from room yeah <laughs> forced, forced to go to school into the real world
0: uh so as listeners will pick up cory and i have obviously a, a long history and rapport together and can banter forever but for purpose of this conversation you know in our upbringing while we grew up very close by you know, Corey, you grew up Baptist and, hmm? and are still Baptist. I grew up Jewish and I'm now Catholic. No, I'm just kidding. I'm very much <laughs> still
1: There's Jewish. a lot of guilt. There's a lot of guilt all, oh, yeah. all the way around.
0: Yes. Um, we just go from one guilt religion to the other. But, you know, and I think it's really interesting, like as two you know, white males, like we grew up in very different religions and have been different friends, but like, we're also both liberal Texans, which, you know, used to kind of be an anomaly, but I think we're, it's shifting in a good way. But, you know, I think what's, what seems relevant. And I think a lot of people are trying to think about is like this intersection of politics and religion and work, you know, and, and as our listeners heard, like you work for the Richards Group, which is a global agency based out of Dallas advertising agency. And you know, I think we'll kind of dive into some of those different intersections. But you've helped me sort of understand, at least kind of on the religion front, this that I think there's this misunderstanding, especially about the South, like how active religion is. Now, actives may be sort of not the right word, but like you've helped me understand like how much intertwined religion and values are is that is that fair to say
1: yeah yeah i I, we've had a lot of conversation about that and first of all you came by your liberal nature i think honestly uh you know i think the name kinky friedman came up very early on in our relationship (laughs) and i had no idea that was it was very confused
0: yeah and if our if our listeners have a couple hours to kill google kinky friedman you know you'll (laughs) feel entertained Uh,
1: uh myself on the other hand the 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 church that i grew up going to the the pastor um jack graham is now actually a part of trump's evangelical council Um, right so very polar opposite sort of in that regard what year did they build the The yeah for context your church
0: looks like a stadium yes dip, it does or... you
1: can you can it's like how i tell it's how i can tell where i am when i'm flying back into dallas <laughs> that shirt's like yeah oh, north dallas here we go and that's the that's the toll road well, yeah it uh, looks like a minor league baseball stadium yeah it has a box. it's um oh my god it's right insane. um and in a very like successful prep basketball program which is sort of funny as well julius randall uh, i think it was oh there. yeah place uh, play for
0: the lakers i'm
1: digressing know? i'm digressing but um what was the question what, what was the <laughs> i the, think sort of you know this you you have articulated and helped me see well, this
0: the intersection of politics and values right and i think yeah
1: well yeah i i am um, well, and, and you, you you know the story and we've we, i think this is maybe what you're alluding to but i um my sort of analogy for this is is um I I, when I went to college, went to Missouri, uh, school of Missouri, and I was still very much in my, um, still evangelical Christian roots, Baptist at the time. Um, And had had one Jewish friend. Me, (laughs) I went to quite a few bar mitzvahs. That's true, you did. You uh, did. We didn't know what to do when when eighth grade hit. You dirty dog, you. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And I, I remember just like blindly. It was the first time I could vote my freshman year in high school or college, and I um, and I just remember like having all these arguments with my roommate about Bush, and 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 I just remember like nothing he could say could change my mind. And I, I liken this to um, wait, time out. Were you pro Bush at the time? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Right. Um, I could and I couldn't understand how you could not be right. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't anything rational. It was just like. You know, Republicans are Christians. Uh, liberals are evil. Um, you know, and I and I just didn't. And it, the, the, the topics didn't matter. Um, and I didn't know that at the time. I didn't. I, I didn't understand that was what was happening. Um, but That's I. What,
0: where did you feel? Where was that message coming from? Was it coming from your community? Like, I mean, we grew up in the same community. I mean, we went to the same school. But was it like yeah. the church? Who? Who? family like where did you feel yeah, like i don't that? know
1: that's what mm-hmm. that's sort. What, that's what's sort of funny about it it had to be my it had to be um it was probably a combination it was probably a lot of like subtle things um i can remember when i went off when i started telling my family like not my immediate family but like aunts and uncles and things and people in my community that i was going off to school in missouri to study journalism as soon as i said the word journalism <laughs> a term like All of a sudden they like would sort of perk up and was like, you know, you don't want to become one of those, you know, one of those liberal, you know, journalists, you know, like, you know, you're going to be part of the liberal media. And that was a phrase I had never heard, you know, at 17 or 18 years of age. I didn't know what they were talking about. Like, I just, I just wanted to really, I just wanted to go be an ESPN anchor, but like, (laughs) like, I just thought we like reported the news. Like, I thought that's what journalism was.
0: But what's so interesting in that, if I may, is that was 2004, Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. that's a long time ago and so I think what sometimes happens like you 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 know you've lived in New York I've lived in San Francisco and LA and you've lived in Australia so I think what's interesting is like we kind of look at this state of affairs like God, like where is this you know where is this like hatred towards the media coming from or it feels like it's like been the last you know five six years but essentially hearing you say that is it's actually it's really i think especially for us millennials it's like oh time out that was 16 years ago Mm -hmm. you know that was almost two decades ago that that like was being yeah propagated if
1: that's i I think we're just getting older i think we're just getting older and (laughs) and we're a part of the conversation now so we're seeing it so we're seeing it but um yeah. And I, I remember that getting thrown out there and it, I, that had never occurred to me. And, and mm-hmm. I, that was the first time. So, and then I realized, then you sort of start to see like, oh, this is whether I realize it or not, this is hardwired into me. And I don't know how um, mm-hmm. it would be, it would be hard to sort of go back and recognize it. Cause like, I don't remember my pastor preaching politics from the pulpit. Um, it's very clear now that what his politics are um, and that there's, mm-hmm. it's a very muddled thing between politics and religion um it's there's something like i think like three of the people on trump's evangelical council are all in dallas by the way um Hmm. like mega church pastors in dallas one's robert jeffries but i don't know who the other one is but um anyway um so yeah that was that was that was my um that was that was sort of what i started to realize and then and so sorry this is the one story i was getting to it i know i'm getting long-winded um you can edit me later (laughs) no you're doing great um I, I remember having because um, the, the point that we sort of talked about was how tightly wrapped identity is with religion mm-hmm. and politics and being Texan. Like those things are all very closely aligned and, and, and being Texan can mean a lot of different things, but there's a, there's a huge contingent of people that it is, I am Texan, I am evangelical Christian Christian. And I'm a Republican. And if you say any one of those things, it is assumed by them that you are all three. And I'm mm. guessing, and I'm guessing that you have probably experienced being an outsider or or being a little bit separate from that, um, just by being Texan and being Jewish. Which is, um, you know, and I, I think it's funny when you, when you, like I remember stories about our moms talking and about you know most of the parents on of the basketball team kids. <laughs> Republican, Christian, Texan, right? And but Christian was like the thing, and so I can remember stories about our moms being left out of things um, because you know they didn't fit that role, or because my mom was separated from her husband, and your mom was Jewish, and all these different things. But
0: right, right. um, That's a really interesting point, though. Like I hadn't. You're right. There's an assumption that if you're one of those, you're all three, and that that's really interesting. And I think you know, looking at at least in the last two elections that a lot of the major cities in Texas kind of, let's just say split, you know, or maybe uh, Dallas County in this last election, like did not split. I mean, I I heard even Fort Worth went blue, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of the urbanization and a lot of the, you know, maybe the jobs and the, a lot of the Californians moving Mm -hmm. into Texas, but you're right. I mean, I I think what's so, so interesting is like, I didn't, necessarily have that association um and but you do like i think you know it's easy to sit around like, like why do all these people think like this or like why do people have these biases and i think like the reality is we all do it's a it's a byproduct of of our upbringing and our culture and our religions right like of course judaism skews pretty liberal right like we're anxious and we like to ask a lot of questions. So like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be liberal. liberal, um, but you know, or you see your grandfather or parents making some, you know, certain decisions or having conversation and it influences you. But what's interesting was there was always, at least in my experience from a religious perspective, like very clear, like separation, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we were talking like, and, and Judaism is a very high tradition. Um, not like Catholicism in that sense, like a lot of tradition. So maybe that's part of it. You know, it's like, it was sort of separate, right? It was like, okay, you go to synagogue and you babble in this foreign language and you go home. And so it's like, there was no, I don't know. When you talked about politics, it seemed totally separate right Mm -hmm. now, but there's an asterisk there, right? Obviously like talk about Israel and that gets like very political very quickly, but I have seen as we have come into adulthood, and also as we have kids now, you know, and this being for both of us, you know, first election voting with a child, we both have two year olds, you have two, um, is that like, like, a, like the, the, how intertwined, like I'm quick to say, well, talk to me about policy, talk to me about climate change policy, talk to me about, you know, foreign policy. And for some of the, I think, like, very, the always Trumpers, like, there almost sometimes seems like an inability to do so. And, or it goes, it's it's a quick, like, the liberals were very quick to go on our moral, moral high ground, you know, and point down and wag our finger. But at the same time, though, what I have been missing is, like, talk to me about policy, right? Like, I'm not talking about, you know, and, and I don't know, when I look back on, like, being raised in a Jewish household, I don't know, it felt like there was a clear separation of that. And not being Christian and looking at the state of politics, it's like, my God, like, we've lost a little sense of separation of church and state,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, or or what is it? Is it? Is it the role of technology and social media and misinformation plus you know devaluing education in this country like what is leading to that like why it is all this sort of jumbled mess that you hear these like platitudes about things that for me i'm so like well hold on time out you know and and you kind of giving that example of like going to journalism school and be like oh you know go enjoy the liberal the journalistic libs you're you're kind like (laughs) oh whoa like where is this like rhetoric coming from Mm -hmm. um but but do you see like in your some of your church communities like do you have a lot of liberal friends or are you would you consider yourself like the outlier or younger generations?
1: Uh, so it's so it's interesting. I um, I, I don't. I wouldn't say that I have like a. I'm super connected to a church in this moment. Uh, but you know, part of that's that's a different conversation. But I um, I,
0: synagogue's got openings if you're looking for a new. <laughs> Yeah. We're always might, recruiting. Might enjoy it. Might
1: enjoy it. Might be, might be lovely. Um,
0: we are the chosen ones, you know, it's fine.
1: <laughs> uh, absolutely. The chosen people. I, uh, I feel like I'm missing out in that regard. Um, well,
0: we, we control the world. We control the media. We control all the money. So, you know, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, well, that's
1: really what we need to talk about here. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it, the thing of, thing is so i'm 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 not the outlier um Mm. I, i um there's a lot of young people that their story is similar to mine they grew up in a very conservative household and many of which they're um you know they're 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 white cisgendered suburban you know grew up in suburban households that were very conservative like christian and at some point whether they lived in New York or not, they sort of got exposed to the world and realized like, there's something that's not, there's something that's not mm. connecting here. Um, there's more out there. A little yeah, bit. there's out there. And, and I think that they've sort of been, been enlightened to some degree. And, and in fact, I would say that it was, I don't know, um, w- at least within my sort of inner circle, I don't know if anyone voted for Trump. Um, but I, mm. but I, I also think that, you know, that, that's part of the issue too, is like, I don't, if they did, like, I know they probably weren't comfortable talking about it. Right. Um, because right. we all made it so apparent that that was just, you know, not an option. Um, so I think it's happening on, on both sides, but I, I think one of the things you talked about is the inability to, um, talk about the issues. And I, I think, you know, that does, that does come with the identity pieces. It's not, um, and, and, and this is the, this is the I'll, I'll try to be quick. The analogy I referenced earlier is, is this, uh, I, I, I am a stickler for when you're, when you're taking a road trip, the left lane is for passing. Mm. You drive in the right lane, unless I you're mean, passing. Yeah. Right? Uh, as yeah.
0: a, as a Prius owner, I get it. <laughs> 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 Tell me about it. I'm like, on it, buddy. I am in power mode in that left lane <laughs> as much as I can. <laughs> My well, wife's like, you're going 10 under. I'm like, am
1: I? <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. Come on. Come on. So I, I was, you know, early on in our, our marriage, Kayla and I were taking a road trip and I was just, I have a bit of a road rage. I've been, I mean, I don't think yeah, you go yeah, to Dallas and not, not have road rage, mm-hmm. but um, I was getting so frustrated. You're on 35 going South and it's a two lane highway and people are like, it just gets, it's a bottleneck because everybody just sits in the left lane. And I, like I think in a moment I just was like, man, what is wrong with all these people that are just sitting in the left lane? Like it's causing a huge traffic. And she was just like, there's nothing wrong with driving the left lane. And I was like, Whoa, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this. I was like, this is a, this is a important is issue. For right, yeah, right. We, need to, we got married before we talked about this. What are we? Oh. Uh, and so we started having this, what I thought was a very rational conversation about, well, it causes bottlenecks and it stops the flow of traffic and, blah, 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 you know, there's a lot of rational arguments I was making and she was just like, Nope. Like, I think it's totally fine to not drive in the left lane. Like it, it was totally emotional. It was totally irrational. And we, um, we were actually driving South to go to her grandparents' house and I was so frustrated by this fight. And I was like, where, where is this coming from? Like, I feel like I'm making really good points and she's rejecting everything. Like she's <laughs> saying nothing. And it's just emotional. And then we got to her grandparents' house, and her grandparents live in South Texas, and her grandfather is, uh, or was, I should say, the, the most imp- one of the most important people in her life. Um, yeah. And yeah. we took a road trip to the King Ranch, which is about an hour and a half away from their house, and he drove in the left lane the mm. entire way. Mm. This, was I,
0: this was after the argument?
1: Like This you- is after the argument. This is after the argument. And I realized in that uh, moment mm-hmm. that we weren't having a fight about the merits of left lane driving and traffic flow and all this kind of stuff. We were having a fight about her grandfather and I was disrespecting her grandfather. And you were saying he was
0: wrong. Correct. Uh, Yeah.
1: It was, it's the same fight we've had about how I think a suburban is a terrible vehicle, just an objectively, (laughs) but like, that's what he drove. And so she can't accept uh, that, you know? And so, Right. Oh, it's the same with politics because of our identities, especially Republicans, especially evangelical Christians, because our identities are so wrapped up in it. You're not having rational conversations about it. Yeah. Right. Because you're right. not saying you don't, you don't care about the planet because you don't think climate change is real. What you're saying is your family are morons. What's wrong with you? And that's not, at least that's how they're hearing it. And so it creates this posture that's defensive and that's cagey and that is not mm. open to discussion. Mm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And that's why,
1: that's why I think it's so hard for them to talk about the real issues.
0: Right. That's a really good point. Right. Cause I think there's this assumption on the left that it's like, Oh, well you're not educated or you don't understand these, these principles or policies or what's at stake. And it's not always the case. I think, right. This, the South and especially in strong religious communities, a lot of it is rooted in values and community and tradition and not, yeah. right, not sitting well, or like, yeah,
1: interesting. It, and, and that's what's been so interesting about Trump for me is because I know that. And so I've been able to sort of give them the benefit of the doubt, give them a little bit of grace to just recognize, like, who's know- them. Uh evangelical Christians in uh. general. Like my I would say mm-hmm. not my my immediate circle, but my mom's friends and right. know, extended family. It's like Me. Under- yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. It's like I understand why you feel the way that you feel, and I can sort of understand that. But what Trump has highlighted, which is interesting, is the reason why Republicans were so are so self assured is because that mentality comes with a bit of a um Moral superiority complex, right? It doesn't matter what the issues are because I'm taking the moral high ground. And then all of a sudden, you have this candidate that has, you know, a few dozen sexual harassment lawsuits and, oh, you know, talks about grabbing women by the pussy and no relationship. With his we, may,
0: we may have to bleep that out. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah you can I got to check with our sponsor. Yeah. yeah,
1: you can bleep that one out. <laughs> but, you know, like, he is just offensive. And yeah. there's, nothing, there's nothing decent about him or morally upstanding about him. And meanwhile, you know, and it was easy when Bill Clinton was getting impeached for having an affair at the White House. But all of a sudden you have Barack Obama, who has been a loyal husband. Is a wonderful father, and when you just listen to him speak, it's just a good man, a good and decent man. And the same with Joe Biden. You know, lost a son. You know, loves Mm -hmm. lost a wife. Loves his his current wife. You know, um, has his own sort of challenges with family, but you know is fairly open about them. Um, And so all of a sudden, that moral high ground is gone. And so the with Trump, with Trump, yeah, with Trump. And it's like, right. I really thought that that would lay bare or sort of make it obvious for those folks or give them sort of an out. And the opposite has happened. It's almost mm-hmm. like they've doubled down and the, the level of sort of mental gymnastics that they do to sort of justify their position has, has been, that's what's been confounding for me. That's what's been disheartening for me as I thought that this would be sort of a liberation of sorts.
0: Um, right like like almost like like how how low can you go with this guy in terms of into the gutter before you say you, you, he doesn't have the values that i usually like i previously really embodied is that is that right like
1: yeah yeah like in 2016, family
0: and right
1: yes being a good person uh-huh. yes in 2016 uh-huh. it was like it was it was okay they were naive you know they just didn't know like he was new to the scene you know and and so they were just naive but now we've had four years where, like, he himself can't keep himself from like he can't indict himself through his tweets. Like, it's just, it's just chaos, and it's just, yeah, right. awful. And so, anyway, I just, and yet they're doubling down on him, and that's where right. like you know he gets seventy million votes, and you're like, okay, I need to. I need to go back to the drawing board here. I don't know what's actually happening.
0: Right. Which kind of goes back to this, like how do you heal the divide Mm -hmm. or create? You know, I think one of the things I've valued about our friendship was like, you know, we could have those, like we had different beliefs and like, you know, sure. You and I like grew up, you know, white Americans. Like we had it pretty good compared to a lot of the world. Right. And a lot of privilege and, You know, but within that, it's like we we had very different sort of fundamental, like religious beliefs and values. But we're able to, you know, have that common ground and be friends that I think a lot of people especially look at this election election and like, oh, my God, like we have such a divide. And I think what's interesting about hearing you say this, I think, is a question a lot of people's mind is like is it worth trying to heal that divide or is it time to say like, okay, like the, the, you know, if the sink is shipping, pick your side, you know? And, and I'm not saying like, I necessarily agree with that per se, but I have found myself thinking that too, primarily because of this. Well, let me, a comment on the religion side. I think what, what is interesting is you're right. Like you would expect this sort of like, like I guess, you know, I look at McConnell, right? And like you and I are no pundits in that sense, but like I look at McConnell, I'm like, okay, like I kind of get McConnell. Like I think he's super dangerous, but he's sort of saying, you know what? I've got my agenda and I have things that I want to do that that uh, support the Republican party. Like I don't care what Trump is willing to do or to say, you know, or like whatever he wants to Fine. Like he's a, he's a muse while I get my, agenda pushed but what i i haven't encountered is like other mcconnell's in the real world does that make sense like yeah somebody who actually can say to me you know what look like i know trump's a jerk but like i'm really against women having the ability to choose you know i'm pro-life because of my religion you know or i'm really against climate change because of whatever reason you know it's it, <laughs> like
1: <laughs> yeah. Good luck coming up with a good reason. Yeah.
0: Well, you're right. I mean, right. But it's like I, I, you don't. I don't seem to like encounter that. It, it. To, you make an interesting point that it's like, how low are you going to go with this guy before, you? Like, I, I think what's been so interesting, and this actually may tie to both some of our work and the branding, you know, sort of corporate world, is, you know, like how. Uh, how how low can you go before you realize like sort of some of the more bigger issues, right? And I think what's been really hard about this election per se is you have COVID, you have, you know, COVID is an, is a perfect example of climate change meets globalization, period, right? Mm-hmm. Like it it is a perfect example of that. And I hate to say it's an example because we're obviously have lost, so many people around the world, but like, it's so true, right? It's like, because we're putting pressure on the natural world and you have different cultures and lack of resources, like you and we're going to be encountering animals and species in ways that we've never had before, right? And they've got all kinds of diseases that we've never, we've never been exposed to, right? And then, oh, boom, you have global economy. Boom, you have this virus around the world. So, you know, it's like, I just think, at the core, it's like, well, it, it, it feels like we have these issues that are, that are so much higher up on the priority list than some of almost, like, the values that maybe, like, religion teaches us. Like, I don't know if that necessarily makes sense, but it's like, I know you're supposed to be a good neighbor, and most religions teach that. It's in the Ten Commandments, like, love thy neighbor. But, like, if the world is burning, like, how... Longer, you gonna love your neighbor. You know, if your neighbor like doesn't admit that the world is burning. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like, it's a hard thing to say, but or to talk about. But I think that's kind of where I feel like this conversation is going is like, well, you you seem to sort of having this side that's like, one side seems to be like, okay, we got these real global issues we need to address. And another is like, you know, we need to still have debates about uh, gay rights and about abortion. You know, you're like, guys, we gotta, we gotta have a prioritization system here of these problems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that question, that conversation is, I mean, there's, uh, there's so much to unpack there. And that's, that's for me, one of the most disheartening parts about the evangelical Christian. Cause I, you know, I just like, when you look at the data of just like the number of Sort of evangelical Christians that are that voted for Trump, it was like I feel like it was like 80%, if not higher than that. And but he's when I,
0: not even like, he's not even Christian,
1: right? Is it just well, the, because the number he's of Republican? the number of memes, which I think you know, we're really good at this these days, but like the number of memes I saw the, the day after uh, the election, which was like, I voted for the guy who went to church the day after the election. Like, who did you vote for? Because Biden went to church and Trump went and played golf. Right. Um, you know, and like it's sort of like this. Dig, I didn't. I didn't get those Me. It's pretty funny. Like it's there's there's some truth to that. And right. What I as a as a kid who grew up Christian, and I'm and I'm still you know wrestled with my my faith the way that anybody has, but I'm still you know a believer, and 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 I, but certainly not a Baptist for any number of reasons. But um, part mm. of what I and and this is this is part of what makes me want to sort of dig back into it and sort of. Almost want to go back to the church that I grew up in just to sort of listen and understand. But like if you just look at like the life of not to get hyper religious, but if you just look at the life of Jesus, like the dude was the dude was a socialist. The dude was he, he was liberal. I mean he was incredibly right. liberal. I mean he was right. you know almost right. you know You're lucky was, we don't you know, have
0: a, a you don't you're lucky we don't have a huge podcast audience, so that doesn't
1: really go too yeah, viral. Yeah, you just call you him be, a socialist. You gotta be very, yeah. Well, but I mean, I think it's, you gotta be, you gotta be careful with that a no, little bit, but like he was, he was poor. Um, you know, he didn't particularly believe in capitalism. Like he was about helping the sick, about giving your money away, about helping the sick, the poor, about doing things for those people first. Like there's no question in my mind, which party he would be a part of if he were alive in 2020, not be the Republicans. Like, Yes, he would be a part for universal health care. Yes, he would be a part. He would he would be support global warming, or, or mm. not support global warming, but support like science and and healing right. planet. Um, like there's no question in my mind where he would fall on all of that. Um, hmm. In fact, he was the one that went into synagogues at the time because he was jewish right which is sort of another weird thing that if you just like hold evangelicals and ask them what religion was (laughs) jesus i'm pretty sure they would say baptist um he's our our biggest celebrity yeah yeah yeah, he he was a middle eastern jew like and that's like the most offensive thing you could say um, and yeah he's really and, he's really being used against us okay <laughs> yeah no he was a white man blonde haired blue eyed um <laughs> and uh it was i and i don't understand that like if, if you're actually like reading if you're actually like the thing that you say you believe in like how can you possibly come to that conclusion and yet they are en mass, and then you sort of have to realize that what you're buying into is not um, it is a religion but it's it's a power structure right and it's there's a reason mm-hmm. that these guys are making a ton of money um and all live in you know multi-million dollar homes and anyway that's a different conversation like the but, pastors
0: and some the of pastors, the pastors right, yeah and
1: some of the right it's the right. it's you know it's, it's the prosperity gospel but
0: mm-hmm. well okay. and it relates to i mean a couple of things and i i know we we don't have too much time left but i think you know, it does, I, I have been sort of thinking about, like, I think one, the question is like, well, how does, like, you know, we're not, we're not religious or political experts in that sense, but um, you know, how does it relate to our, our work, which I'll touch on, but we're talking about, but I think, yeah, it does also, I think this has posed this question for me that I've been trying to uncover is like, where is this like white male anger coming from? And I think, you know, where is this rage? Like, where is this, who is perpetuating this, this um, message that like, you, you are the one who is, you're the one that's, you know, faced all the hardship and you're the one that's uh, they're coming for, you know, and I can't, the, I heard a, qu- a quote, and I'm not going to do it justice, but it was basically, you know, it's like it's globalization that's like ripped the heart out of America. And then it's automation that's going to like deliver some of the final blows. And I thought that was like pretty interesting. And I think what's hard is like the reality in a lot of ways is like nobody cares about your stuff. Nobody, like in the grand scheme of things, like none of it matters to some degree. So I think that's hard because it speaks to this like sort of higher being or higher calling, so to speak of like that we're actually, what does matter is like we're part of this global ecosystem. We're part of this same planet, all of these things. Right. Like, and, and I've really struggled, you know, like Judaism is really good at like making you question things. Right. And you knew my mom, she was, like the ultimate questioner was, Like, so Judaism's like, well, why, 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 why? And mm-hmm. I think I have found myself sort of asking that a lot with this sort of recent politics like why is the average white american male so mad you know like who who is he mad at like who is who's coming for his stuff you know who's who's why are you taking up arms like who who is going to your home in you know the suburbs of outside of dallas and like coming for your stuff nobody 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 cares you're getting actually left behind that's the real problem is like Mm -hmm. People are getting left behind, and that then affects education, that affects income inequality, that affects your ability to be then, you know, um, evangelicized. Or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, you know, if you read a bunch of stuff and then you're like, join a cult. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know, I'll edit back in some word that I'm looking for, but. <laughs> Base, you know, like to be brainwashed in some sense. Yeah, like then you're yeah, then yeah. you're susceptible, right? Yeah. You're like, God, you know, life just didn't really turn out how I thought it would. Like, they're coming for me. I gotta, I gotta double down. It's like, who, who, yeah. yeah. So, but I think what you and I also see on the career front is, you know, you've worked for over the last ten years in at large agencies working with big brands. Is this rise of brands taking a stand right and getting political and yeah. you know i don't know have you seen where that comes that you know i think that the brands tend to be moving liberal which is for the most part i think most of the brands tend to be moving liberal but you know how does that resonate with people who aren't liberal you know but like i don't know you've heard a few people like i can't watch the nfl anymore you know it's like maybe the best example i can give but i mean brands are not quiet on this at all
1: nor should they be it's fascinating to watch because you know it's i will say that especially people who are on the coast and are left-leaning like they're the ones who dominate i would say that this is where i think a little bit of like the the liberal media maybe comes from is like we dominate we don't with the exception of like fox news and you know obviously some like all channels but like film and television and culture and music and art like it's dominated by liberals um right because because we're experimenting and because you know it's it's for any number of reasons i think it's for mostly the right reasons and um uh, but the reality is like you know outside of like country music and rock like there's not there's not many people that are influencing from a cultural standpoint that are that are Trump supporters, right? Kanye is sort of weird, weird case. <laughs> NASCAR, uh, who, who <laughs> yeah. Well, NASCAR is an interesting one too. Although they responded better to the Bubba Wallace thing than than the NFL did yeah. to Colin Kaepernick, but uh, it's a different true.
0: Concept. Good point. But
1: what's what's fascinating to watch is like there's. So, in other words, what I'm saying is it leads to this conversation where, like, for instance, people are like, uh, uh, Really surprised to find out that like Game of Thrones has like a fraction of viewership as like The Bachelor, right? Like the about even though there's been you know five times as many New York Times articles about Game of Thrones as there has been about about you know just the the mess reality <laughs> television that's on. The reality is the masses watch the awful reality television, and so it this sort of it's a continue continuation of our own sort of social media echo chambers that we have and. And so it creates these sort of interesting dynamics and tension where like our reality is just not America's reality. We saw that in 2016. Hmm. And I think we saw it again this year where we were like, yes, it's turning out that probably won the election by 10 million votes maybe in the general election, but it was still closer than we imagined. And a lot of people. Right. But for brands, so for brands, it's kind of the same story. We all sort of look at, you know, what Nike has done with Colin Kaepernick and what they've done uh with you know serena and and coming back from having a kid and 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 by the way we sort of Mm. set aside the stuff that nike yeah nike yeah um we sort of set aside how they've sort of also like some of their less lower paid athletes cross-country runners that are women that have had kids they've like cut them off because they're not competing that's nothing over there Mm. or like child labor in china (laughs) and yeah (laughs) all sorts of issues (laughs) um but i think a lot of brands have sort of sort of followed suit and it's an i think it's a natural evolution of i can remember when we were young and even in college like i remember taking a class on corporate social responsibility and it was sort of this philosophy or philosophical like, do corporations and brands have a responsibility beyond profit or mm. is their sole responsibility to profit and you alluded mm. to australia earlier i was studying abroad when i when i took this class and i um, I remember I just happened to have a, a mentor at the time in Australia that had um, run um, a, a large auction house in, in Australia. And I remember posing that question to him and he laughed at me <laughs> and he said, what are you talking about? You know, corporate social responsibility. Like my, like my job is to build a profit and that's it. Because without that, the company is, has no reason for being, it doesn't, there's no job. Mm. It Doesn't continue to exist. Like if we're not here to make a profit, like what are we doing? And like that was just the mentality of the day. And so anyway, it's been it's been sort of this, you know, corporate social, social responsibility. You know, you have some of these, um, you know, for profit for good companies. Really, actually, before that even, like non for profit, like the buy one get one sort of Tom situation. Yeah. And then you have right. for profit for good, and then this evolution into sort of cause marketing. And so then we started calling bullshit on that when it's like a percentage of proceeds go to yeah. a charity you've never heard of. And, right. and so like that's enticing for a while, but then it's not enough. And then transparency becomes important and you know all this all this stuff. And so now the natural sort of evolution of that is to take a stance politically. That's like the new version of that. Oh, that's um, interesting. I hadn't
0: well it's just about a, it that way.
1: it's it's a new way of helping your audience relate and identify with you because we literally Mm. clothe ourselves and brand to your point about sort of white men losing relevancy and looking around and going, who's coming for my stuff? Like it's because they've been told their whole lives that they're special and they're not, Mm. they're just, they're Mm. just everyday people and Mm -hmm. that's okay. uh, But it doesn't feel okay when, when we've been told you're special, but anyway, it's, 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 it's us clothing ourselves in our brands and it's, it's, that affiliation has become political now as much as it is status or something else. It's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it in the sense of like,
0: that it's actually an evolution of an ability to relate to a customer from the brand's perspective. It's so interesting that in some sense I'm almost hearing, is it fair to say that like, it's not always genuine. It's either just like kind of responding to market demands or just finding ways for brands to continue to be like relevant.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think, I think, Um, I I can't pretend to uh, speak for Nike, but it is, it is beneficial to their business to run those campaigns. They know that like when people run into the street and burn LeBron's Jersey, that more people turn around and buy it, you know, and it's, it's the opposite of, by the way Um, you know, you mentioned that, that I work for the Richards group. We, we were the, were the agency that, that created the cows for Chick-fil-A and, yeah, and I love the cows and, you know, I was working um, on that brand when Dan Cathy came out and said that marriage should be between a man and a woman. Right. And very right. publicly came out and denounced homosexuality and, um, you know, came out that they were supporting some, some causes that were anti-LGBTQ and, and, and all these different things. And, um, Mm-hmm.
0: as Everybody, a jew i've been trying to eat a chick-fil-a on sunday for decades
1: <laughs> me too man it's the only day that like, i want chick-fil-a it's yeah only, like hello like this weird, yeah open <laughs> i know and what's crazy about that is when that happened we we all sort of sat there and we're just like oh no and a lot of chick-fil-a employees did too and they're like oh my gosh this is this is horrible this is horrible and then the next day they had their best sales day in the history of the company.
0: Wow, after he denounced correct or after he put out his definition of marriage and denounced correct. gay marriage, Wow, because
1: we're so polarized that people felt the need to go out and support him hm. in that decision because it reflected their views and mm-hmm. um, so it happens in reverse as well. I mean, right. Um,
0: That's a good example, yeah.
1: So it's just, um, but those don't get written about nearly as much. Hmm.
0: It's really interesting. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. A lot of it, I think comes also down to values. Like I think in this country we have a crisis of values in some sense. And like, you're just seeing so much of that come to a head. You're seeing, you're seeing globalization. You're seeing a, you're seeing climate change, whether people, some people want to admit it or not. You're seeing, you're seeing politics. You're seeing this inner intersection of social media and technology and religion and and lack of education lack of access to quality education income inequality like it's all swirling around in there and i think i I hope a takeaway you know both on the brand side and on the from the political side is yeah it's like you know i don't think the burden and and we had a podcast episode on this, like, I don't think the burden should be totally on the individual, right? Like the systems and the institutions have roles, but also we are the systems and the institutions, the people. So, you know, what is that interplay between how do you support organizations and companies that prioritize some of these values? And then also, how do you help, how do you help align values? Right. And it kind of gets to what we're saying is like, religion does play a big role for a lot of people in around the world and in the South, you know, in, in the States, in, in defining that value set. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think these, I hadn't really thought about it in this way, but a lot of these sort of global interconnected issues are actually in some sense, like challenging people's values. Right. Like, and I think maybe one way of that is, you know, this like traditional Republican view of like, well, the markets will save us or, you know, I'm going to vote for uh, a a politician who lowers my tax bracket. You know, and you're like, I don't know if we have that uh, privilege anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I don't know if that we we live in this world that that can be the top priority. Right. That's ultimately sort of what we're saying. Right. It's like, I, I don't know if that protecting your stuff or your rights as a American or you're wanting, you know, a better tax bracket. Like, I don't know if we're, we're losing that privilege because of this interconnected system. And I think we're also seeing if, if it's not framed in the right way, if you're not having the right conversation, if you're not trying to meet people where they are, or what they value, then you're going to lose them too. And then they're going to double down. And then they're going to vote for people who continue to oppress that in order to continue to be in positions of power. Right. Then, yeah. then round and round we go, you know, and then you're left with states that didn't embrace technology and are now out of jobs. And men are out of work and the factory's closed and they can't feed their families. And then they're more, su- they're angry and they're hungry and then they're more susceptible to rage and and being evangelized you know so but it's a really you make a really interesting point about the brand's role and i think you're right in a lot of communities we sort of like it's really interesting actually to hear you say that it's like kind of like a natural progression and (laughs) less of like the altruistic means that we often like to kind of associate with oh yeah yeah god nike's good people you know not to like not to shit on Nike for se, but using them as an example, like, God, that was a great commercial. With oh yeah. God, I mean, it, like, it's
1: cool as hell. You know, yeah. I applaud everything. I mean, and, and they do nice. it so, so well, but at the same time, it is a, it's a calculated move for sure. I, I think one of the, you know, right. globalization, I, I, what's tricky to me is all of these things are aligned, you know, and, and I think what becomes sort of a globalization, I think, The bifurcation of media, I think, um, you know, we all know that as social media is, as it's become more and more prevalent, real connection and relationships have digressed, you know, and and our human, as human connectedness, quote unquote, connectedness has increased, actual human connectedness has decreased. And and I think that's one of the, the challenges is people can't possibly keep up, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, it used to be a you know a, a sort of five day news cycle, and then it was a sort of twenty four hour news cycle, and now it, it things move so quickly, um, you know, people can't possibly keep up. I mean, Sean Connery like passed away a few weeks ago, right. and I was like a blip on the radar. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like in any other year, uh, like he, he is, did. Yes, the guy. I even I know, knew it. it's crazy. Oh. Anyway. Um, that's uh, that's funny that that's my example. It probably shouldn't be. There's probably some social cause or something that happened that I should. Pro- anyway, but the point is like we can't possibly keep up. And if that's true, the for- example
0: I think the example you're looking for is like the Australian wildfires. It's like God, remember yeah, yes. those? Yeah, <laughs> it like yeah. It's like that happened. Half of Australia burned. And we're like we're like sorry, can't can't remember that. Yeah, that was I'm so like, long I'm pretty ago. sure it's
1: I'm like, pretty like, sure a hurricane worry. hit like you know the right. southeast again this year. And I but I have no idea really. Um, and we can't possibly keep right. it up. And so you apply that to politics and it's like, how can people possibly know what the actual issues are? But, but so, you know, politicians speak in, 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 in headlines and they speak in platitudes and they just play to their base. And, and it's, right. it's just going to get worse. And so the question right. becomes, and what we haven't figured out is how do you scale? How do you globalize human Relationships. How do you how do you actually one to one the thing that you and I have, which is I'm pretty sure in eighth grade I, we had a falling out because I think I told you that you were going to hell because that's you know when someone <laughs> asks a, a Baptist if uh, you know if you don't believe in Jesus or the yes the answer is yes they're going to hell. Um, well, so, I think I, I think I mean you correct me if I'm wrong. I think the way I remember
0: it was you never directly asked me, and I think. But maybe I have that wrong. Maybe you did. I credit that to being tall. <laughs> but maybe I, I don't have that right.
1: Well, I, I think you know, and and the point is like, like basically
0: you didn't have the you didn't have the balls to ask me.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe it was someone else. Maybe it was someone else. I can remember someone in the lunchroom in junior high <laughs> asking me point blank if I thought if that I thought that, that Jewish people were if you believe Jesus and they they were Jewish, so they were asking specifically if they were going to hell. And I, that was the evangelical belief. The answer was yes. And so I felt like I was right. It was a really, I didn't want to answer, but I felt like I was, you know, disowning my faith if I said no anyway. So there was this big falling out. That's who I was in eighth grade. But the, the point is like you and I have a relationship and so we can overcome that. And, and, and obviously, you know, that I don't believe that now, how can anybody possibly know? But, um right right. like we've we've been through some differences in opinion over the years and we can sort of overcome that but that's that's why we see stories about you know the you know i can't remember his name the 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 guy who has basically gone out out of his way to read to sort of introduce himself he's a black guy has introduced himself to members of the ku klux klan and like had conversations with them and has basically they just hadn't met a black person right you know, and it's like, so all of a sudden you mm. meet one mm. and it starts to change your view on things. And yeah, it's know, a really I, good point. Yeah. You right. know, I love that old Mark Twain quote about, you know, travel is, I, I'm going to butcher this. You can go back and fix it. But, <laughs> you know, travel is the enemy of, <laughs> of um, you know, basically not hatred, but just uh, of ignorance, you know, and and and, and yeah. um, all those different vices that come with sort of racism and all those different things. And I'm totally doing a terrible job, but I don't know. I don't know how to solve that. No, you make, I think you make a good point.
0: I mean, I think you make the point that it's something I've think I've been thinking about too, is we're not exactly who we always think we are or are told we are right. And that by many sources, and there's two statistics that I always see that I'm not going to get a hundred percent right, but we can follow up with is the average income, household income in the U.S. I think is fifty-five, fifty-eight thousand dollars a year, yeah. household, right? Average, and then that's one and two. I think it's something like forty percent, forty to forty-five percent of Americans have a passport in the U.S. Now that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you could. I think it entails like your passport expired, or so to speak, or it's like when they take the survey, like do you? It, you have to have like a valid passport, so. But that's, that's that's huge, right? I mean, both of those numbers to me are very humbling in the sense of like, you know, we're not all, we, we there is a lot of income inequality. There are a lot of people who have a lot of serious challenges and haven't been fortunate enough to be able to travel abroad. And to your point, like, see what poverty in other countries really means to see, to get some of that perspective. You know, and yeah. I think... That that's part of this. It's like we, we maybe have these images of who we are, we're being told who we are, and it, it clashes with some of the actual like hard facts. And right. I think you're right. It's, you know, you have 10,000, you know, social media followers, but you don't know your neighbor. You know, I think that's like similar example. So it is it's I think it's how do we find some common ground of beliefs that people share in order to also i think help prioritize like what are some of our biggest issues that we need to address that help that benefit folks and that help solve some of these real problems because that's again like COVID is a is a good example it's like you know I, i joke it's like you know black black friday this year is like america's biggest challenge ever it's like you know get 20 dollars off your tv or get covet and every every american's like oh, i don't know that's a tough <laughs> choice
1: i, really I don't know go, this I goes really against go everything
0: yeah yeah oh my god walmart's <laughs> offering 17 off of this flat screen oh my god yeah. is it worth COVID? you know and and like a joke but it does it kind of speaks to like our culture well Corey, as everybody who if anyone's still awake at this point, like it's um, <laughs> you can tell that you and I have known each other for a long time and can talk about this stuff forever. But I do. I really appreciate, you know, a. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate our friendship over the years, even despite you know my religion being right and your religion being wrong. Um, no, I, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> if, just if kidding. There's, just if, kidding. There's, if there's um, anything i've learned over the years that's probably true i'm 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 constantly catching up to you so that's <laughs> that's probably i just haven't figured it out yet just but, figuring yeah, out but, who controls the world yeah but dude i i appreciate you um, Zach. i appreciate you having me on man i love you brother i'm glad we've had the opportunity to do this um it's, it's a good conversation it could have been could have been much much longer by the way i feel like there's so much to unpack here but i've enjoyed it
0: yeah well thanks Thanks so much, Corey, and, and look forward to following up and maybe a, a repeat as episode. So there talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Mag's Mind. We really appreciate you tuning in. For more information on Mag and our work and our community, please visit Magmagcollective.com. Until then. to me this song.